Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of John as we hear about Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. You may be seated. We pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you have gathered us here this morning to hear your word and to receive your gifts, to wash us, Lord, with the living water of your word. We pray today, Lord, that you would continue to watch over all of us and keep us healthy and safe. We pray again that you would watch over those, uh, Lord, who are impacted by this coronavirus disease, and we pray you would care for them as well. But now, Lord, we pray that as, you hear, as we hear your word, uh, that you would give this to us to sustain us to life everlasting. Now we pray, O Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. What did she need? Water. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. But the question is, who's going to give it to her? The woman was coming to this well, Jacob's well, in the middle of the day because she needed water. She needed water for drinking, for, for washing, for bathing, for cooking. And she needed water. She probably came in the middle of the day because she heard everybody else was at Costco getting toilet paper and she figured nobody would be here. She could have a nice social distance from everyone else and completely avoid the coughing and get this water with no issues at all. She came for water because she needed water. And she was not necessarily hoping to meet anybody when she got to the well. And yet when she arrived, there was this sort of strange Jewish man sitting by the well with no bucket to get his own water. So he asks her for a drink. Typical, right? Another man going to ask her for help and likely not going to appreciate what she is doing. But surprisingly... As she has a conversation with this man, she finds herself strangely intrigued by him, strangely intrigued by his kindness to her and his willingness to talk. Further, the conversation becomes quite interesting when not only does he ask her for water, but he begins to seem to offer her what she needs. At least that's what it sounds like at first. He offers her water, he says. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, living water. This sounds a little too good to be true. Another man with an empty promise for her. After all, he has nothing to draw the water with, so I always sense a little hint of sarcasm when she responds by saying, now, where do you get that living water with no cup? He responds, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. Wow. Now he has her attention. She says, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty and have to come here to draw water. He has her attention, but he doesn't quite yet have her understanding. She thinks he's offering her just plain water, and she needs water. What do you need? 
I think if I were to come to you today and ask you this question, what do you need, we would tend to answer this question very much like the woman at the well with sort of temporal answers. Answers that are looking at the short term, things we need for this week, things we need to get through the day, things we need to get through our everyday uh, life. And we should answer this way. This is not a bad answer. That woman actually needed water because you need water to live. You and I have daily needs all the time. We need water, we need food, we need shelter, we need work, we need an income, we need a mode of transportation. Right now, we need safe distance from everyone else to protect our health because we need our health. These are all things we need to live this life. These are all things we need to survive. And to be honest, it sure would be nice if somebody would just come along and miraculously give them to us so we wouldn't have to constantly toil and work for them. And yet, this is not how it works. And I do think that we all sort of have a sense of uh, a lack of satisfaction over the mode and means by which God has chosen to deliver to us water and daily bread. We'd prefer not to have to depend on others. We would prefer not to have to work for our daily bread. And yet God always provides our daily bread, doesn't he? And I'm certain that long after this conversation, God continued to provide water for this woman from Jacob's well. We all need water. But it's not the most important thing we need. It's not the most important thing she needed. What did she need? And who's going to give it to her? She needed love. And she was having a hard time finding it. In the midst of this conversation, this strange Jewish man looks at her and says, you know, while we're talking, maybe you should run and grab your husband so we can talk with him as well. And now that comment stings just a little too much. Because she has no husband. And the man she is living with currently is not her husband. And this guy who's talking to her seems to know just a little too much. He knows that it's not her husband, and he knows that she has now been married five times and divorced five times. And so the man she's living with does not marry her, but she might wonder why would he? Because she, in her shame, perhaps felt that she was no longer worthy of another marriage. She knows a few things, too, you know. She knows probably the Jewish laws at the time, at least the Jewish understanding among the religious people which said, if you have been married and divorced five times, you are no longer worthy to come into the temple. You are now sort of perpetually, ritually unclean. And she didn't come to the well today to hear that. She didn't come to get another religious voice condemning her for her moral situation. She didn't come to get shame. She came to get water. To be sure, she has enough of that in her life. She'd received rejection from five husbands. And at this point, the question of whose fault is it is pointless. Guilt and shame went with her everywhere she went. She didn't need that. She needed love. She needed acceptance. She needed mercy. But she could not find it. But you see, that is what it's like in this world of sin. Sin brings rejection and shame and guilt. In sin, people have rejected you. In your sin, you have rejected others. The sins of others have hurt you. And you have hurt others with your sin. You are guilty and you are ashamed. 
Now, if you don't think so, if you don't think you're guilty, you need someone to show up at your well. You need someone to show up and expose your sin because here's the truth. You have hurt others. You have harmed others in your sin just as they have harmed you. And the only thing that's going to fix that in this world is mercy. The only thing that's going to correct this hurt and this shame and this guilt is forgiveness and love. Yes, mercy. You need, just like this woman needs, someone who loves you in such a way that they will not allow your past, nor your present, nor even your future to define their love for you. You need someone to love you who does not hold your sins against you, but deals with them, perhaps even atones for them. But who's going to give you that? Now the woman, perhaps feeling as though the strange Jewish visitor has stuck a, struck a nerve by bringing up her personal life, decides to switch the conversation to something far less controversial, far less offensive. She decides, now why don't we talk religion? And so she changes the topic. And as we've said, she knows that the Jews would look down on her for her moral situation, but perhaps what she can do is set Samaritan theology of worship against Jewish theology of worship and justify herself. She now wants to talk God. Yeah, her morals may be off, but at least her view of God is better. Speaking of God, what of it when it comes to God? What does God, what does she need from God? And what will God give to her? She begins to discuss this issue of worship with Jesus, this issue uh, between the Samaritans and the Jews. You Samaritans, you, uh, we Samaritans, we worship here, and you Jews, you worship there. Now, who is right? And this would actually be perhaps a helpful thing for her to know. And she might want to know the answer to this because she wants to make sure that even though everything else in this world is giving her guilt and shame, she at least needs to figure out how to get this God on her side. And so where is best to worship? What are the best sacrifices to offer? What can I do to alleviate this God who will ultimately and finally be my judge? She needs what all sinners need. A way to know that God will not reject her like every other husband she has known. She needs a way to be at peace with this God. But who's going to give that to her? And of course, today you need the same thing. You need to know that God is for you, that he will not reject you. You need to know that in the face of temptations and trials, failures and struggles of your everyday life, in the face of, of pandemics and uncertainty and coronaviruses and whatever else we're facing in this world, you at least need to know that you have a God who will not cast you off. You need to know a God who will forgive you. And you need a way to get to that God because your sin is preventing you from entering his presence and your shame makes you afraid to even try it. You and I need a way to God. You, me, and the woman at the well. We need God. We need God for our water and for daily bread to feed us and sustain us. We need God to give us living water that will wash away our sins and nourish us to a new and eternal life. We need a God who will welcome us, who will love us, who will not reject us. 
We need a God who will not judge us like the rest of the world, but will deal with our sins, will atone for our sins, will remove our sins and deal with us in mercy, who will not count our sin or shame against us. We need this God. But where will we find him? Who will give this God to us? And Jesus said to the woman, I who speak to you am he. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have sent us Jesus, that he has reconciled us to you, that his word is living water which washes away our sins in the promise of the forgiveness of an everlasting life. We pray this day, O Lord, that you would keep our faith strong no matter what we would face. Help us to know that Jesus is he who we can trust and cling to, even as he clings to us. It's in his name we pray all these things. Amen. Having heard the word of our Lord, I invite you to please rise as we continue.